1: Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast, your weekly look into the world of miles, points, and travel. My name is Sean Coomer, and I'm the founder of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined each and every week by my co-host, Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies, and MTM Managing Editor, Mark Osterman. Each week on the show, we discuss today's hot topics, plus expert tips to save you time and money, and each episode is about 45 minutes long. And as a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Google, or any podcast app. And you can find all of the relevant links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. Finally, if you love the show, consider telling a friend. And don't forget to leave us a review that helps us reach more listeners. And now on to the show. And uh, so you guys uh, are back in town now. We had to record. Our schedule was a little bit off uh, last week uh, because you guys were both uh, gallivanting around Orlando, right? Yeah, I was at McDonald's. Where were you, Mark? I was there at
2: 5 a.m., but uh, you were probably already in line at Star Wars or something. I got my extra crispy hash browns.
3: That's true. Were you actually there at 5 a.m.? I'm curious.
2: No, but I was up. I, I never sleep well in hotel rooms. I don't know why, even though I spend a ton of nights in them. So I actually woke up at like four in the morning and I was wishing I was in Vegas so I could go gamble or do something. At least there's stuff open. I ended up going down to the lobby and, and writing some articles at like 4.35 in the morning. And I was thinking, you know what? I should go to McDonald's. Joe's going to be there. But you didn't show. Yeah. Uh, next time.
3: Next time.
1: But you were uh, up at, what, 4 or 5 a.m. to get to Hollywood Studios, is that right, for Star Wars?
3: Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, there's like a new Star Wars Land at Disney. It's called a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And right now, until November 2nd, they are if you're staying at an on-site Disney hotel, you can get in there at 6 a.m. Uh, so I was there right at 6 a.m. Actually worked out pretty well because I wasn't going to get a chance to see it at night. And, yeah, Star Wars Land was awesome. Um, you know, I just really thought it was beautiful, uh, especially in night and as the sun rose and stuff like that, there was just uh, some really great views there. Um, The land just kind of really feels alive. They have like characters walking around, interacting with people, stormtroopers, um, characters that they made up for the land, like resistance characters, first order characters. uh, And the ride You know what happened with the ride is actually I saw like a lot of kind of lukewarm reviews about it. So when I got on the ride, I was like, uh, which is a kind of simulation of flying the Millennium Falcon. When I got on the ride, it actually, you know, exceeded my super low expectations. So I was pretty happy with the ride as well.
1: That's interesting. I'm glad that they have a lot of characters there. I was only at that version before it opened. And uh, there was a decent number of characters there. But having gone back to Disneyland a couple weeks ago, there were, we were in the land probably 45 minutes, not including the time we waited in line for Millennium Falcon. And there wasn't anything but a couple stormtroopers walking around. So that really, I think, makes the difference with, with this land specifically, is if they're going to have a lot of characters walking around and how deep their entertainment budget is, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, it makes it feel more alive. So I'm curious as well. You know, it's only been a month and a half in Orlando. So we'll see, but hopefully they uh, keep them around for
1: sure. And then Mark, uh, you uh, decided to have a wonderful day at universal during your trip, right?
2: Yeah. We ended up uh, heading to universal for the kids' birthday parties. They're Harry Potter fans. They've watched the movie. So we checked that out. And uh funny thing is when we were walking in and you saw like Diagon Alley and all that, my wife, my wife looks at me and she says, so is this what Disney nuts feel like? when they see something because she was excited about it uh when we were walking up to it and everything so she finally got a little bit of what you guys get at disney i think it was cool uh we probably overdid it a little bit we tried to do both parks on the same day and it was just too much it would have been better to break it up over two days but we just didn't have the time to do that so we did universal studios first which i actually liked that a little bit better it wasn't as crowded it was set up better Diagon Alley was really cool. Um, The Gringotts ride was was pretty amazing. And then uh, we got each kid a wand, which is the coolest part of the whole thing, I think, is you go into the store. You can go you can go to the show or you can just go straight to the store to buy it. Um, But the show is kind of like the it's taken out of the movie where Harry's finding his wand and they pull one of the kids up to to do it and be interactive. And it's it's a pretty cool, like 10 minute thing. And then after you can go into the store and buy a wand. And the, the cool thing about the wands is when you walk around the park, there's different areas set up that the kids can actually do uh, spells. And through the window, using like a camera or whatever, it will see that you're doing the wand spell. And then like a feather will raise or water will turn on. And they're spread out all over both parks in the Harry Potter area. So I thought that was a cool touch. And I'm sure they make a buttload of money off of <laughs> selling all those wands because every kid had one. Little tip for you, if you go to the show the actual wand store gets cramped and it gets kind of busy. So you can actually, you don't have to buy it from there. You can go around the corner to where like the butterbeer is sold and everything. And they do the live shows and there's a little wand store there that there's no line. So that's a way to save some time. Is it like the
3: same experience or, you know, I got the impression that they do one of those like wand chooses you type experiences. Is it the same at that side store or is the whole wand chooses you thing kind of just something I made up in my mind anyway?
2: No, The one Chooses You is the, the little show. You can go to the show, and then it, after the show, it dumps you into the store. So you can either just go directly into the store, or you can go to the show. And The one Chooses You thing is only... There's only one person picked out of like 24 people standing in the room. So you're probably not going to get picked anyway, and they always pick a kid. So, so Joe, your dreams are crushed, I know. But... <laughs>
1: Mark is still mad
2: about that. <laughs> Never go into no. Universal all, no, Disney they... all the time. If the one's not going to pick me, forget it. <laughs> I was a little upset because my daughter was all dressed up in like a Harry Potter dress and had a cape on and stuff. And she looked so cute. And they picked a girl just wearing like shorts and a t-shirt. And I thought that was a little cheap. But other than that, yeah, you, I mean, the store is no different. It, there's no special thing to it. If you go to that store, you're just waiting in line and cramped around people. So
1: I would go around the corner knowing that now. Now, Mark, uh, you stayed at the Hilton down the street, right? From there. And I know you really like the pool area. You want to do like a quick uh, review of that?
2: Yeah. So we stayed at the, the Hilton on internet, well, right off of International Drive and for three nights. And then we moved down to the Hyatt Regency right down the street. Both are right by the convention center. So they're more convention center type hotels. Uh, so less kids, less chaos, which is kind of nice. Um, but there was also probably less kid activities than if you're on a Disney property. Ah, uh, the pool area was really cool. It was a big open pool with a uh, zero entry at both ends, and there was a, a water slide, a splash pad, a lazy river. They had like foosball tables, uh, pool tables outside, nice hot tub. So it was it was pretty uh, nice setup. I probably like the Hyatt Regency a little bit better overall, just because the overall makeup of the hotel is nicer. But the uh, the even the on site restaurants at Hilton we're uh, pretty good. So it's worth a stay. I think it's 50,000 points a night. If you book it normally, we got it through our timeshare presentation. So we only paid $149 for the three nights, uh, which was a great deal. And then we had to go to the timeshare torture, of course. Yeah. So tell me about that. I'm super curious.
3: You know, it seems like you do this timeshare stuff uh, more often than, you know, I do, which is zero. Um, So, you know, is it something that you find good value from and kind of how do you manage to get out of there without, you know, having a timeshare and how much kind of
2: pressure do you feel? Well, the funny thing, I've only done a couple of them, but I write about them a lot because I end up getting a lot of offers for it, which I find strange, but there's a lot of value in them. It's just, it's always hard because they send you to specific locations and that might not pair up with your travel. But we were in there for a little over two hours. We actually took the kids with us. That's the first time we did that. And I was, I was looking forward to bringing them into the room and kind of maybe that will make it go quicker because they want to get us out of there because our kids are annoying. But they actually had like a little room set up that they could play in with a supervisor and that watched over them. So
3: diabolical geniuses.
2: Yeah, I guess we could have said like, hey, I don't feel comfortable with some stranger watching my kids. But I was like, whatever.
3: Like I know for the Disney ones, I think it's a big group. Is this just you guys?
2: Well, we sat in a. they dump you into a room first for like the first 15 to 20 minute presentation. And that's a group. And there's probably only like 15 of us in there. It wasn't really busy. The room seats probably close to 40 or 50. And that's like the pump up. The guy that's the best salesman starts it off, and he gets to you to say yes over and over. Like, can I get a yes? Can I get a yes? Because they want to get you into that mode where you're used to saying yes. So when you sit down with your Scientologists, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) they want you to say, Sorry to the Scientologist people that just stopped listening. Yes, Um...
3: yes. Sorry to all (laughs) two of you.
2: (laughs) Tom Cruise, I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so they get you into this like pumped up, like you walk into the, the room and it's like like dance music almost, like get you energized. And they gave you lunch before if you had a little bit of time and then you sit in the room and the guy is like, oh, look at this. I went to the Maldives and you can do it too. Can I get a yeah? You know, and uh, then you go into a, a separate section that's just you, uh, your spouse, and then the the salesperson. And they talk to you for like 30 minutes about the program overview. And then they take you up to the room to to check it out and show you the rooms, see what you're buying, like a three bedroom or a two bedroom or a, a one bedroom. There's there's different uh, ways you can work it. And uh, then they come back and then you sit down with the numbers guy and the salesman and they try to work out a package for you. And I was actually interested in it because their program is unique. I'll write about it this week. I I kept trying to get them to give me the book so I could actually like focus and break down the numbers. And they were like, well, only if you buy, you get to get, get the book that shows you everything. So I finally got them to uh, give us a couple minutes to look it over. And I grabbed the book and crunched all the numbers and ended up not being a good deal unless you're just paying full price for vacations all the time. And you're staying at five star places. Other than that, you can do better with miles and points or just booking lower end places. And then how hard was it to like extricate yourself? So the funny thing is they try to build you up with all these vacations. Like how much would it cost you to go to Italy or Hawaii? It'd be like a $6,000 vacation. And I said, well, funny you should mention it. I just booked a trip to Hawaii for me and my wife, and it's going to cost us like $189 with flights and hotels and all that. We're staying at five stars. So he kind of got a sour face after that. And I told him about the miles and points. And and my wife even commented like, I'm sorry, dude, you got the wrong couple. <laughs> this isn't going to work so well. But I still kind of played along because I really was interested in in diving into the program. Uh, so at the end, the guy looks at me after they come back and I say, well, I crunched the numbers and this would be like a week in a two bedroom condo would cost me $2,200 every two years to spend one week. And I said, that's not a great deal to me. I could see it for people that are going to Disney every year or every two years. And they're spending, you know, three, $4,000 on a two bedroom. But for me, I just don't see the value. And he said, uh, you know, you, come because you have a want or you have a need and you have enough points that you don't need this. So you must want something. Why did you come? And I said, well, I came cause it's a big thing on our, uh, website and I wanted to write about it you know timeshares are popular and his face <laughs> turned a little sour then and uh he's like oh okay and then he just ended it and they walked out right then
1: <laughs> I feel like he uh, you made his day he had to be loving you by the end of it and uh, throwing all kinds of shade your way yeah.
2: he's like well how do we do and i was like you guys are great i just you know the program doesn't work for me and they just walked out like and one guy said his uh, he he was supposed to have a baby in the next month or two, and I was like, "Hey, hope everything goes well with the delivery and you know, healthy baby." And He's like, "Yeah, thanks, whatever." And <laughs> so, so
3: he probably,
2: he probably um,
3: you probably put them on tilt for the rest of the day. They made zero sales that whole
2: day. <laughs> well, he was saying, you know, their their whole thing is like, "Oh, I'm going to keep this short. I want to get out of here. You're my last one." They say that every time you go to one of these, and we were the last people to leave, so. I think the guy was extra mad, and then me and my wife looked at each other and said, "Do you think he made up that he has a baby coming? You know, within a couple months because he was older, and I don't, I don't know. He didn't <laughs> when I when I offered up my congratulations, he didn't seem all that enthused about it. So, just a sales tactic, I guess.
3: Well, yeah, now he's got now he's like got less money to save for that baby for college, so I would be grumpy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Get- uh, we, we tried to warn him my wife said at least three times you got the wrong couple man this is
1: <laughs> this isn't gonna work out for you
2: but oh well
1: did you get any of your hilton diamond benefits while staying at the hotel
2: yeah i got uh breakfast i got the uh two free breakfasts off of it um and then i actually used my aspire 250 dollars resort credit and we dined uh, and had drinks out by the pool and stuff so they gave they acted like it was a regular stay they didn't even really realize that i was going to the timeshare presentation
1: no, that's cool. And Joe, real quick, before we uh, move on with the show, you stayed, where did you stay on property at Disney World?
3: Yeah. So speaking of kind of having less kids and convention guests and stuff like that, I stayed at Coronado Springs, but they have a new tower called the Grand Destino Tower, which is pretty much specifically made for convention guests. And this is going to sound like shade, but the best thing I can say about it is the Grand Destino Tower feels like a real hotel. <laughs> Boom, take that, Disney. <laughs> I know. So it's I hate to say that. So there's a big lobby and check-in area and there's like all these kind of bars and lounges throughout the tower. And so this like Disney definitely made this um, for their convention guests. And I'm like a big Disney fan and I'm a big Disney hotel fan, but you can't argue that like they are catered more towards families, but this grand Destino tower is specifically catered towards convention guests. And kind of the story that really proves that is I got home at like 1am one night and there was like, There's mad old drug people in the bar, like in the lobby being super loud. And they're obviously uh, on a on a convention. Um, So, you know, if you are an adult who's looking for kind of a more adult stay, you know, I definitely recommend checking out Coronado Springs. And I actually ended up I checked in at like really late. And so they ended up upgrading me to a suite one of the club level suites, although they didn't give me club access. Um, and so, you know, that was really nice. So I had a separate bedroom, uh, one and a half bathrooms, you know, two TVs, uh, you know, all for my lonesome. So it was, it was kind of sad, but it was uh, nice to see that awesome room.
2: Yeah. And we actually uh, met up with some friends that were, um, from my kid's school that were down there at the same time with their family. And, uh, they were staying at Disney's, uh, Port Orleans Riverside. And we went over there one night and hung out at the pool and stuff. And you can just tell the difference between, like, a normal hotel in Orlando uh, or a convention hotel and then, like, a Disney property because it's just, like, a billion kids, like, losing their mind all at the same time. And it, it was kind of crazy. I mean, it's nice. They had, like, three lifeguards at the pool, so you don't have to worry as much about your kids. But there's so much going on that it's hard to track them and see where they're going. And uh, then they had, like, a dance party at the end of the night. So there's more interaction, but it's also more chaos. So I actually was like happy to go back to our convention hotel and sit at the pool with like four people in it
3: (laughs) the next day. Yeah, I mean, I that's my I love Port Orleans Riverside uh, for what it's worth. And I think, you know, that's my impression as well, though, you know, there's just like so many more kids. Um, And that's why I say this Grand Testino Tower at Coronado is pretty different because it is kind of separate. It is where everyone who stays at that resort checks in, but it's pretty separate from the rest of the resort. And it seems like more of the adult people stay at the tower. I mean, like I think they had most of it booked out for that convention. So there was like very few kids in the tower itself after check-in. And so, you know, it was kind of much more relaxed for those of you who do have families and are thinking of staying there. I w- would definitely think about staying there with my kids in the future, but it is a further walk to those crazy kid-filled pools if you have kids who, you know, want to use the pool. I did uh, want to update the final thing that happened with the Delta Vacations deal. If you recall from a previous episode, I talked about how, you know, I booked a 10-day ticket which I was going to upgrade to an annual pass, which I did without a hitch, using Delta Vacations deal when it was like 2 cents per sky mile. I booked my hotel, the ticket and a flight with that deal, but I never planned to take the flight. Well, what happened was I was already in Orlando, like I got to Orlando like six hours before my flight was even supposed to take off. And then I got a message from Delta that was like, your flight is delayed like over an hour. Let us know if you'd like us to change your flight, contact us. Um, And so I contacted them on Twitter. I was already in the parks, so I was pretty busy. But I contacted them on Twitter and they said, oh, we can't change your flight Um, I actually was trying to cancel my flight and they said, we can't change your flight because you bought it through Delta vacations and we can only change flights that are bought through Delta itself. Came to find out that they canceled my return flight, which I was actually thinking of taking. I called Delta vacations. I was like, Hey, uh, you canceled my flight, even though I missed my first flight because it was delayed and I had to take another flight, wink, wink. And so they said, when you get back, call and uh, You can make a request and we'll see if you can get it refunded. So I called and I got refunded for the cost of my flight. So in the end, after all that stress, I did get some money back from that Delta Vacations deal. So I'm pretty happy now that I'm not like calling Delta at 3 a.m. Deal of the year.
2: Just to try to follow you a little bit here. So you booked the Delta Vacations, you got the Disney tickets, and then you had flights from it, but you weren't planning on taking any of those flights or you were just planning on taking the flight down but booked another flight back? So I have
3: JetBlue Mosaic and when I booked the Delta vacations deal, I hadn't actually decided exactly when I was going to go down to Orlando. So I didn't like book the flight in bad faith, you know, so I had a Delta flight going down. I had a JetBlue flight going down a couple of days before my actual trip. I decided I was going to use the JetBlue flight. So at that point, you know, I no longer was going to use the Delta flight. Um, And then, you know, this kind of delay and ultimately cancellation came through.
2: Uh, So it opened up the door to get some some of that value back. Oh, that's cool.
3: I mean, I want to bring it up because, you know, forget the Delta vacations deal because number one, that's over. And number two, I've talked about it way too much here. Deal of the year, as Sean says. Deal of the year. But I think the thing to bear in mind is if you have flights that you booked, but realize you ultimately are not going to take, if you have the mental bandwidth. It can be beneficial to wait to cancel them until like, you know, closer in because you never know what kind of weather wa- waiver will come in or, you know, what situation might happen that you could not have to pay the fees for canceling. So, you know, I thought I'd bring that up. I don't know if you guys have ever done anything like that before.
2: Yeah. Like if you're flying American, just just plan on it being delayed by an hour and you'll get to cancel it for free. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: And I do that with like award flights too, because like you know, there's always like the award cancellation, but especially with airlines like Delta, you know they'll make a schedule change and then you can cancel for free. So you know I usually if I don't need the miles back immediately, I'll hold out. So I assume you guys do stuff like that too.
2: No, I always take all my flights, so I'm a good guy.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't <laughs> uh, do that to the airlines, unfortunately. We want them to we want every seat to fly fly full, so we don't do that.
2: <laughs> How do you spell Joe Chung again? Uh, <laughs> airlines, if you're listening
3: what can i say i just did not realize that i was on the horn with such morally upstanding
1: citizens all right and uh from talking about their orlando adventures let's get into the uh to the show we wanted to bring a a quick tip mark you wrote up this week on the website maybe something that seems obvious to a lot of people but i think not everyone knows this uh, about billing everything to your hotel room to get the maximum miles points and credit for it right
2: yeah, and I think even people that are into the uh, miles and points game sometimes uh, let it slide or forget about it. You know, you're sitting at the hotel restaurant and you're having some drinks, and you're like, oh, I'll just use, you know, my card that gets bonuses at restaurants. What's the big deal? It's about the same as what I would get, you know, with a hotel card. But you're forgetting that when you build back to your room, it gets treated as basically like a cash stay rate. So you earn those uh, points off of uh, whatever elite stash you have, plus, you know, the normal points you would earn for staying at the hotel and then you also get the bonus for travel and if you have a co-branded hotel card you can get you know 12 times with the hilton aspire which is better than three times with the chase sapphire reserve that you would get at the restaurant so you you're able to maximize your points earning like at the hilton that i was staying at for the timeshare we only spent a couple hundred dollars at the pool bar and in the restaurants and build it back it was like 315 dollars, whatever and we got you know, 20, 30,000 points off of it because of all the bonuses Hilton had going on. You know, my diamond status got a a bonus using my credit card. There was a bonus for that. So there's really added up. And if I would have just paid for it as I went, I would have only gotten seven times with that same Hilton Spire card. So you always want to bill everything you can back to your room spa, going to the uh, store to pick up like snacks and stuff. Or if you're buying like a t-shirt or whatever, bill everything you can back to the room. Uh, and, And if you have a credit like With the Bonvoy card or with the Aspire card, you'll still earn the points because the credit comes off your credit card. It doesn't come off your hotel bill. So you're getting, it's kind of like a double dip. Uh, So you want to do that for sure. Uh, Just make sure you do that so that you can maximize your earning.
1: Yeah. And not just for the uh, bonus points that you're earning as well. You also earn elite status off of this spend um, too. So most of these hotel programs, um, well, not all of them, but like for example, for example, with Hyatt, you can earn status through your spend. So that uh, helps there. And one thing to keep in mind too is the casino programs. Even if you're not staying in the, in a hotel, like for instance with M Life, if you are dining in M Life uh, restaurant, show them your M Life card because you you won't earn points, but you earn uh, tier credits for that. So always figure out a way if you're spending money at any sort of uh, property with a loyalty program how you can take that money and make it count in that loyalty program for status and then of course points.
2: Yeah, another tip for uh, Vegas. Vegas hotels. uh, Some stuff won't be a partner in the uh, like a diamond, a a Caesar's diamonds rewards. Some hotels aren't necessarily like a partner, but I think if you bill it back to your room and you're staying at one of their hotels, then you can use your tier, uh, your reward credits when you check out to wipe it off your bill. So that's a way to kind of skirt around it or get, you know, better redemptions off of your uh, rewards points, doing it that way.
3: I got one more too, since I got Disney on the brain. You know, Disney does not have a loyalty program, which, you know, I think uh, is you know I was hanging out with a buddy down there, and he said the reason why he doesn't stay at Disney hotels is because he can't guarantee upgrades or things like that, which I totally understand, uh, especially given the price of their hotels. However, if you and I know uh, you guys write about it on the site sometimes, but if you get Disney gift cards at a discount and stuff like that, I always um, bill it to my hotel room and pay with my Disney gift card. Uh, that I bought like five to 10 to sometimes if I'm lucky 15% off, um, you know, just for extra savings there. Of course, the Disney hotels code as travel. So you have to balance it out with whether you want to have those charges code as travel on your credit cards. But that's kind of another way to save money and just another reason to uh, put things onto your hotel room.
1: Yeah, it makes it easier to see what you spend too for budgeting and, and things like that. So it's all in one place as opposed to having a credit card receipt for this and something else for that. Everything's in one place. It's easier for organization, easier for taxes, easier for earning. So even if you're paying, like you said, with a gift card and not with a credit card at the end, it's nice to have everything in one place. All right. And today's episode is brought to you by the brand new Miles to Memories award booking service. Uh, We had... Lots of uh, requests from readers looking for more information on you know, booking awards. Sometimes you just don't have the time to search out every possible uh, scenario for using your miles and points. Other times you're looking for something that's c- pretty advanced or well beyond your skill level. And so we partnered with some experts at Award Booking in order to launch this award booking service to help bring uh, award bookings to all of the Miles to Memories readers. Our prices are pretty good. But most importantly, uh, we have a great commitment to service. Uh, if we can't find you the itinerary that works for you, you don't have to pay. So you can find everything uh, about our new service at milestomemories.com. Just click Award Booking Service under Points and Miles, and uh, you can fill out the form, send us an email, let us know what you're looking for, and we'll do our best to help you out. Uh, miles to Memories Award Booking Service, again, just milestomemory.com forward slash awards. All right, and now on to what I think is the most exciting part of the show: talking about no annual fee credit cards. So exciting! Yes, because <laughs> who wants to pay a fee on a on a credit card? Here, here's a question for you: How much do you guys pay each year in annual fees on credit card? I don't
2: really want to add that up.
1: A lot, Se- several thousand. Yeah, we we all like those uh, premium credit cards. What about you, Joe?
3: I uh, take the fifth. Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, for those of you who are not like us, who don't want to pay annual fees on credit cards, there are some good options. This week on the site, uh, Ian brought us what are the best no annual fee credit cards. we list some of our favorites and we thought it'd be a good topic to talk about here on the show, bringing some light to some no annual fee products you've heard of. Maybe make you think about them a little bit differently and hopefully uh, shine some light on something you haven't heard of. Mark, what is your, let's say, what no annual fee card do you have that is your go-to or that you find yourself using more often than not?
2: Uh, the one I go to the most is Blue Business Plus from American Express. Uh earns two times membership rewards on up to $50,000 uh, per year in spend. So, you know, you're getting 3% back or more if you're using tra- uh, transfer partners and everything. So that's a pretty great card. And then when you pair it with Amex offers, like right now I have 10% off at Exxon Mobil at the pump. So I'm getting 10% off gas plus earning two times. And there's other ones that you'll get, uh, like earn an extra point at Exxon while you're doing it. So you could earn three times. So pairing those two together uh, are the favorite card I, I have. Uh, the best card that I think no annual fee on the market is probably the Ink Cash but I have the Ink Plus, which is the premium version of it, which is no longer available. But that one earns five times or 5% back at office supply stores, internet, phone, cable services, and it comes with no annual fee. So I think that's the actual best overall no annual fee card. But the one I have that I use the most is uh,
1: the Blue Business Plus. Now, those are both business cards. Joe, are there any no annual fee personal cards that you find yourself using all the time? So uh, just one more vote for
3: the Ink Cash. You know, I had multiple Ink Pluses and just found that I was not hitting the capacity, but you know I downgraded one to the Ink Cash. So just to continue Mark's point, the great thing about the Ink Cash is as long as you have a premium Ultimate Rewards card, you can take those points. You don't have to get it as 5% cash back. You can transfer it to united or hyatt or wherever same as like all the ultimate rewards partners in terms of personal cards my favorite is the chase freedom I actually just had my wife get a new one or downgrade a premium card to a new one with the five percent rotating categories again with the premium card you can transfer that to i find that really valuable uh, you know it's only seventy five hundred points a quarter but if you have multiple chase freedoms they can really add up and they're kind of like easy points um, and they're not as I guess, overwhelming in terms of the amount that you have to spend to get those bonus points per quarter. Uh, On the American Express side, I want to talk about this card, but I ended up not using it as much as I thought I would. The American Express Everyday card, I thought it was going to be great to get 2.4x membership rewards at groceries. You You have to make the 20 transactions or whatever. But I just found that I was always prioritizing other cards over that. So, you know, I thought that was going to be a good card and I bet you that is a good card for some people, but that didn't really work out too much for me.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great card if you're, if it's like your only card and you're using it for everything because you get the 20% boost and the bonus at grocery store. But if you're using multiple cards, it's kind of hard to hit the uh, threshold and you're not spending as much. And the everyday preferred is worth the extra $95 an annual fee because you're getting four and a half times at grocery stores, three times at gas stations, hitting the 30 transactions. So that's one reason I never used the no fee version because the fee version is so much better that you'll you'll make that money back pretty quickly.
3: And I know we're supposed to be talking about like our favorite no annual fee credit cards, but I did want to talk about another card that I thought was going to be great, but I also never used. And that was the City Double Cash. I guess like a 2% cash back just never really moved the needle for me. Even though I guess if I was being logical, there are definitely times we're getting two cents back would have been more worthwhile than getting whatever points um, and transfer them to wherever. Even if you just think about in terms of uh, mental load and like how much you had to worry about. When I had the city double cash, and I'm thinking of getting another one, I just found that I like never used it. So when I needed to free up some credit for a new city card, you know, I ended up getting rid of it. Now, now that the city double cash transfers to thank you points, like we talked about in a previous episode. You know, I'm thinking about getting it again, but I don't know about you guys, but I keep hearing that these city double cash transfers, like a lot of them are broken or a lot of them are not working. I don't know if you guys have heard things similar from readers.
1: I haven't given it a try yet, personally. I do have the, the cards and the ability to transfer, and I have uh, not heard anything yet about others having issues. What about you, Mark?
2: No, I, I mean, I haven't really heard anything outside of the first day, but I haven't been paying close attention to it. Uh, and I haven't tried it as well. I, I just, don't have anything built up in my city double cash vault to to transfer. So it's something that could be a deterrent if it is really, if people are having problems with it. Well, I appreciate you guys
3: leaving me hanging out to dry again. (laughs) But I think the longer value...
2: (laughs) Joe's making stuff up as he goes along. I
3: swear to you that I've been told that people have had trouble uh, transferring. So if you have data points, you should let us know um, and be careful out there.
1: Your dog Cookie is not a person, okay? How many times do we have to tell you that, Joe? All right, all right. I think the main point of no annual fee cards for people, and I think this is where double cash fits right in, is that they just want something simple and it's not costing them money. And if you don't have a lot of spend, then a card like the double cash could be good, especially now. Hopefully, I mean, they, they have been on the record, City, saying that thank you point transfers are official. So I whether there's an issue with it or not, I, I guess I I don't know that I should say I have faith in City to fix it, but hopefully City will fix those transfers. Faith in City IT. <laughs> 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 but nonetheless, the, the double cash I do think is a good card um, because it has no annual fee, because it makes things simple for people. And then one other one that was mentioned on our list on the site was the Wells Fargo Propel. Again, not the best card on the market, but it earns uh, with no annual fee, it earns 3x on airfare, hotels, gas, restaurants. So you're earning 3x on quite a lot with no annual fee. And it has some other four protections, no foreign transaction fee. So that's another card to sort of look at uh, along with the freedom and the Blue Business Plus in cash and the uh double cash as well.
2: Yeah, uh, and that one that one comes with a $300 uh, bonus which is yeah. the best of the personal cards as in terms of sign up bonus. So, that's a nice one that a lot of people forget about and Wells Fargo is a, a bank that not many people deal with, so it's kind of a, a one that you bring to the forefront of your mind next time you're looking at cards. Definitely.
1: All right, and uh let's start with our rapid fire segment. We're going to just cover a few different stories that we think are of interest and that you can find more information about on our website. First, we're going to start with what I think is actually pretty exciting, Mark, uh, Amex referrals without any lifetime language.
2: Yeah. So there's a specific login that you can go to and you can find it in our article. Uh, And then when you log in, there are certain offers that have a star above them and you can refer that I think to two people. So don't just send an email to check it out or whatever, make sure you're sending it to somebody that needs it or, you know, like a family member or whatever when they get that it's supposed to have no lifetime language in it. So I checked my cards and I had the offer for the surpass card, which my wife has already had. So that was a good one that I could send to her and she could get another welcome offer for it, it's a great card. I'd even consider downgrading the aspire, her aspire card to it, uh, just so you can get that free night after $15,000 and spend each year. So be sure to check your logins. Um, if you're in a two player system where you have a spouse or family member or friend, that you go back and forth with this is a good one to check and see if you can double dip on uh, some of the welcome offers from a- Amex.
1: yeah and as a just as a breakdown i think the cards that are currently available through this referral offer are the personal platinum with a 60k bonus not the best bonus available but if you've already had the card it's certainly worth looking at the hilton aspire 150k hilton surpass 125k the No Fee Hilton uh, Amex 75K, and then Bonvoy Brilliant 75K. So if you've had any of those cards and are looking to get them again, this may be a way to do that. But yeah, just be careful with with your referrals since you only get two per card. And then, you know, don't ask people for referrals unless you're going to actually use it. Uh, don't be that guy. Don't be Joe. <laughs> All right. And then uh, the next uh, thing we wanted to talk about is City in-branch offers. Speaking of double cash, uh, there's some... Increased offers for the City Rewards Plus card and Double Cash card. If you actually go into a city branch, Um, Joe, you have more information on that.
3: Yeah, so it looks like if you go in branch right now for the City Rewards Plus card, which is that card that uh, you they round up points. So lots of people do super small transactions to get ten points per transaction. But anyway, for a limited time, customers can earn thirty thousand bonus points after spending fifteen hundred within the first three months. Uh, If you're City Gold. Uh, you can earn forty thousand points after spending two thousand, so that's a you know one of the higher, if not the highest. Um, you guys would know better than me, but it's one of the highest ones I've seen for that card. And then for the double cash, you can get a hundred dollar statement credit when you spend five hundred dollars in purchases in the first three months, which isn't a lot, but you know it's better than nothing, which is uh, what you can normally get on that card.
1: Yeah, I think forty k for the City Rewards Plus, if you're City Gold or even thirty uh, k without it, is pretty darn good for that card, and I. Think for the more strategic spenders, that is a card that a lot of people are certainly interested in and uh, utilizing. But uh, with City, just be careful and don't overabuse their rewards, or they tend to to like to shut people down.
2: One thing about that, it, with the uh, the family rules that City has, where you can't have two thank you cards within twenty four months of each other, get the welcome offers for them. Don't you think it'd be better play to get the City Premier that comes with sixty thousand points, and then downgrade it to the Rewards Plus? instead of getting 40000 for it, unless you're, well, because the annual fees waived the first year. So if you can get one, you, you can get the other. So I don't know if it's really a great deal. I think you should go
1: that way. Am I wrong? No. All right. And then the next thing is uh, Sakura, which is a debit card, a business facing debit card, a, a new company that just launched. And they had this sort of a bonkers uh, plan when they launched. They were giving $200 credit out to people who signed up, plus a $50 credit if you take a uh, survey. And I signed up for it last week, and my application is still processing, which is uh, unfortunate. But, Mark, you signed up, and they already sent you your card and your $200 and everything, right?
2: Yeah, I signed up actually, like, probably 12 hours after you did because you did it early in the morning, and I didn't do it till the evening. So I don't know (laughs) how they're deciding. They just like me better, which is understandable. But uh, (laughs) – So yeah, I got I got the approval on the 11th, uh, which was a couple days after I submitted my application. And then the card came a few days later. It came on Monday, actually, uh, from FedEx. So it came on Columbus Day. I opened it up, activated it, and the $200 was in there and I already spent it. And that's about it. Easy money.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they're not taking applications anymore. So this uh, free, free money gravy train is, I guess, closed for now, but we'll... Keep an eye on the website. If it comes back, we'll let you know. And uh, as of now, it doesn't look like there's any particularly interesting ways to use this card or load it, but uh, Mark will give it a try. We'll give it a try. If anything else uh, comes back, we'll let you guys know. And certainly if they offer $200 for free again, we'll make sure to cover it on the website.
2: Yeah, I'm not shoo- sure who's in charge of that promotion department, but <laughs> it's uh, they probably, probably lost their job over it. <laughs> Another tangent for you guys, I saw, that cheese card
3: came out too which is another like kind of debit card although that one doesn't require your social security number what are the kind of i guess benefits you guys think there are to signing up for these
1: cards all right joe enough tangents today let's let's save that for next week let's I actually wanted to talk more about these debit cards in a in its own segment so let's save that for next week we'll talk more about not just sakura but this new card cheese and all of these debit cards that have come out and should we sign up for them or not does that sound good You're the boss. Jinx. Oh, you sound like a terrible dictator here. I just think it'd be an interesting topic for... No, no, no.
3: It's okay, boss man.
1: All right. Well, you stay ghost. I didn't even get to eat lunch today. No, let's have a 20-minute talk about debit cards now, please. All right. And finally, the Grand Hyatt SFO is now open. I just added this one because I'm excited about it. Uh, For those who don't fly through San Francisco International Airport, the new Grand Hyatt is actually located... Uh, on their air train. So it's connected to the airport. It really looks amazing. I'm hopefully going to be staying there in the next uh, couple months, but uh, a great new option. If you fly through San Francisco, unfortunately they price it at 20,000 world of Hyatt points a night, which Ouch.
2: Yeah. An airport a hotel, an
1: airport hotel, but it does look like one of the nicest airport hotels in the country. So
2: no, that that's in Orlando. I love that hotel.
1: <laughs> this one looks nicer than the one in Orlando. Although I do enjoy that one as well more we need more airport hyatts. Yeah, that's true cuz the the western
2: at detroit's really nice but I never stay there cuz it's expensive and I don't like marriott.
1: All right, and that'll do it for the show. Uh thanks again for joining me this week. Joe, uh as a reminder, where can people find you if they want to
3: hook up with you during the week? Well, uh my wife would have something to say about that, but if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at as a Joe flies all over social media. <laughs> you can uh <laughs> find me writing as a joke. calm down guys it wasn't that funny
1: you- i knew as soon as i said hook up that you were gonna pull a pickup on it yeah
3: uh you can find me writing as joe flies.com also you can find me podcasting about disney at uh disney a lot of content coming out there because of my recent trip and if you'd like to hear more about miles and points you can check out my podcast with trevor at savorossi observation deck.com all right and mark where can we find you
2: do I have time left after Joe pumped like forty-seven things that he does on the side? Hey, we can't—we can't all work for a
3: solid salary for Miles to Memories. So, what can we? What can I say? Someone's got to hustle out there, all right?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm on forty-seven podcasts. I uh, hope that you're
1: pump <laughs> pumping our podcast and all these other podcasts. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can find
2: me, uh, of course, at Miles to Memories uh, in our Facebook group, which there's links on the websites. Uh, email me at mark at miles to those are the best ways to get a hold of me.
1: Also, if you're going to be at the Holiday Inn Elk Grove Village, you can find Mark. You can buy me a you can buy me a beer at any time uh, if you're there. <laughs> yeah, Mark and I will be at Chicago this weekend at the Chicago Seminars. I'll be talking about long term family travel and planning a trip, which I think is a cool topic for people um, if they're looking to take their kids uh, for a bit longer. And then uh, I'm going to be sitting on the Disney panel with uh, Richard Kerr, Dia, and a few others. So check me at Chicago Seminars and uh, on Twitter at Best Disney Hacks. That's it. If you guys really do love the show, don't forget to tell a friend. Please leave us a review. Even a rating is great. And uh, mtmpodcast.com for all your subscription links. Have a great week. You know, it's in my
2: podcast contract that you have to give me your drink tickets in Chicago. It's in there. I I
1: already gave you my hotel room. What else do you want? (laughs) Your drink tickets. (laughs) All right. See ya. Bye. Bye
2: for us to fly and stay at the, the, uh, Waldorf. Sorry. Area. Can you do
3: that again without the, uh, um, was that your, who's, a? was police? it like a chair?
2: Oh, yeah. It was probably. It was probably. My,
3: yeah, I think there was a fi- kind of final uh, thing that happened with my Delta vacations thing. Um, you know, if you guys remember your the thing, episode- a
2: thing that happened with your thing.
1: Yes, the Delta <laughs> vacations fine. deal of the year. I, I'll do it again. I'll do
2: it again. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Joe probably books uh, Southwest flights just so he can go to a lounge and get a free dinner. Oh wait, that's just.
1: <laughs> he doesn't do that don't say that I, on a on a podcast oh so you're okay with me seeing like i'm morally
3: compromised but when no comes up you defend his honor <laughs> we are going to be talking about our favorite non-annual fee credit card so uh you can check out that too wait isn't that what we just talked about sorry <laughs> our favorite non non-annual fee cards aka the ones that have annual fees <laughs>
1: Oh, no annual fee cards. Okay.
3: All right. I'm just going to cut that whole entire thing, except for in the outtakes.
1: Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection. Ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion.